BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the morning toast. Welcome back to, to you. Me. And to the studio and to the YouTube channel. What up, everyone? We are back. Baby, yeah. we're back. It's been so long. I so know. much has happened. There was a quarantine. There was a trip. There was so much. There was. And I think it's so important to take time for yourself. Because, like, I have this zest for life right now. Like, this is going to be the best episode ever. Wow. I'm, I'm so excited. It's just, like, I think... I don't even know how to explain how it is that I'm feeling. And I hope that everyone who's listening can take time for themselves. Like just a few days away from your job, if you can. Like it is so refreshing. And to see other people, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like other human beings. And I never thought that's something no, I would say. Because I, I hate other people. I never thought that's something that you would say either. Oh, it was delicious. I just loved waiting in lines at the airport. Like I was just like living for it. Nice. Well, tell us about your trip. Well, it was very long, and I apologize in advance for taking that extra week off. I think I think we all needed it. I'm I'm not mad about it. Me I'm either. happy you got what you needed out of it. I liked, you know, being at home, and but I'm also so happy to be back in studio finally. But I needed to miss the studio. That's it. It's like you need to miss. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Literally, literally, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I definitely felt that, and I just. I was supposed to leave on Monday and this feeling like of having to leave was making me so upset. I was like, I can't. Like, I was literally going to cry. I'm like, I love vacation me and I'm tan and I'm beautiful and I'm excited and I don't have anxiety. So I was with Brian because we were celebrating his birthday, TPG. And of course, he had like a whole other leg of his trip planned to this other island and this amazing hotel. So I decided to just book a room and, you know, throw caution into the wind. And I've never been that type of girl, like mm -hmm. wanderlust. Like You're also the type of person that like when your vacation is done, like you are done and you're ready to go home. So if you weren't ready, then it wasn't your time. I, I Much actually, like the San Francisco 49ers, it was not your time. Exactly. And I actually like to, one of my favorite qualities about myself is like, I could be on an amazing trip, but when the trip is over, like I always really want to go home. Like I always miss my home. I always miss Theo. I don't fucking miss my home anymore because like I've been there for so long. So I knew Theo was in great hands with his grandparents and I felt like, if not now, I had Norma in my head. Norma was like, your 20s after this pandemic is over when you have the first opportunity, like get the fuck out there. And so I got the fuck out there and I had the best second half of the trip. I stayed at the Rosewood and I literally called you the second I got there because you and Zach have to go there. Like it is honeymoon central. Rosewood in Virgin Gorda, which is, I've never been to the British Virgin Islands. Sickening. 
the most. It was giving me Turks and Caicos Maldives vibes. And it's not super easy to get to, but it's not 16 hours to the Maldives. Like, it was gorgeous. And it was so unique. Me and Brian did a Patreon episode, and he really spoke about how, like, this is such a unique time to travel. And if you can like with so many people are working remotely now so you really can travel and if you feel safe doing it it's super safe it's so special like I was at this hotel that was they say they were at 10 percent capacity me Brian and Ben were the only people at this hotel like it literally felt like the kids were the campers were like running the joint we love to see it it's so unique like I encourage everyone to safely travel because like Brian said even on the on the podcast like in one way or another, like, change fees are coming back. Like, all this stuff, we're going to get back to where we were before. So if you can, just, like, take a, week- a weekend for yourself, road trip, fly somewhere. I felt so safe. Like, I never felt for one second, like, I was in, like, a situation that I was uncomfortable with. The BVIs, I've had my nose poked and prodded, I think, probably six or eight times in the two weeks that I was gone because they have very strict rules. So I felt really safe, even though they do the COVID test a little different in the BVI, like, they choke you to death. Like in the airport, the second you land in Tortola, they test you. And I walk out of the center and I'm like, Ben, like, was that? I'm like a baby. So I'm like, was that insane? He, we, we come out crying. Like they just do it differently in the BBIs, but whatever. I, got, I was allowed to travel. So all in all, thank you everyone for giving me the grace of taking an extra week off. And it was incredible. And self-care. Self-care is so important, except I was doing a Peloton ride and Robin NYC said something like so profound. Didn't she just give birth? She just gave birth. Um, and also I've been back on my Peloton grind. I'm finally beating my old records. Good. So like I've gotten to a good place mentally, not like physically really, but I guess that's good. That Emotionally is all that matters. But she once said in a ride that really stuck with me, sometimes self-care looks like hard work. Not what you were just saying. You know, we're like but speaking no, different languages. No, no, but like sometimes it does, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it depends if you're Robin NYC. Like, of course, no, no, but like, I'm sure, so, some, like, I'm sure Robin NYC also, like, goes on vacation and chills out. But, like, sometimes what you need to do, what's best for yourself is to put in the work. Okay, so, like, I'm, like, hating that you're saying that because <laughs> let me tell you why. Like, I'm the type of person, like, who unpacks, like, the second I get home. And, of course, I have not unpacked. And it's killing me. But, like, I just can't. Like, to unpack the memories, it'll be so sad. And, like, I'm just not in the mood. And I feel like in order to feel my best, I, I should unpack. Sometimes self-care looks like hard work. But Sometimes self-care looks like unpacking. It's so unlike me. Like, I'm, I literally, like, I could get home. But the thing is, I think that you've been taking care of yourself. So, like, if you slip on the unpacking, like, it's fine. The, the scales, they balance out. Like, I literally just want to, like, hire an intern to unpack for me. Like, I so don't want Why to. Why can't Theo do it? Because he's useless. Do, 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 do. I missed him so much. How's Bruiser? You guys, Bruce Your stories, by the way, sorry to cut you off, like, for the thousandth time. Um, (laughs) Your stories have been some of your finest work. Really? I I keep responding to everyone, LOL, LOL. I feel like nobody cares about Bruno and his comb. Oh, I I mean, I don't know about, I can't speak for, you know, the whole community, but But I can speak. But you're a tough critic, so if you're into it, then I think others are too. Hysterical. He's doing well. Like, every day he's getting better, his spirits are coming back, but it's like this sense of betrayal, like, that he feels I've taken away his... Committed towards him. It's really put a strain on our relationship. And I keep telling him, like, Brew, it will get better. Like, better days are ahead of you. What can I do to make you feel special? Like, what does Brew want to do? Brew needs some self-care. <laughs> Brew needs a vacation. What about Brew? <laughs> and really, all he wants is to see <clears throat> Magnolia and Theo. Like, and that's all. And he's like, I've told you a million times. But can he while he has stitches? Um. Well, Knowles has been, like, busy. Theo's been busy. So it's like, it hasn't even been an option. His stitches seem, like, on the mend. So as long, I think that in a few days he could see them. But it's like, everyone is so busy. Theo literally is back to back. Back to back to back. And you know what he's doing all day today? 
Meetings, meetings, meetings. <laughs> meetings, meetings, meetings. He's booked and busy. No, we got to get the band back together. Like now, because we were in quarantine for a week. Then we had two weeks off for the trip. Like it has been like a full ass month since I've seen my family. Yeah, no. Which is so not like it, us. It's so not like us, but it's just a wild few weeks. The Parcells would be so upset with us. Like I know, but you know what? I'm sure like Parcells, like things have happened. I saw Rachel was in Hawaii. Yeah, it looks like a beautiful trip. Gotta hit up the montage. Totally. Um, also, I think we should just talk about like obviously the elephant in the room. Which is how tan I am. There's so many. There's so, well, I'm one right here, but how tan I am. Like, I think we should talk about it. I think it's a beautiful glow. Do I, you feel like sickening no, the no. sands down? I have like, I think I'm Gigi Hadid. Like, I am the <laughs> most beautiful woman in the world. And I was as I was doing my makeup today, I was like in the vanity being like, oh my God, I'm so gorgeous. Like, it really got to me how like, of course, a spray tan is good, but like nothing compares to like a true tan with the freckles and it's like upsetting that we live in new york and like this i'll only look like this for like a few more days and this only happens like once a year and it really made me start thinking like i think i gotta hit up the uv beds like i need like a real tan and it's like yes i could get skin cancer which would not be good but i would be tan I think the spray tan will have to suffice. I don't think, I think at this point, like the beds, we just know too much about them. No, and I think our grandfather would be disappointed in us. After all, he did die of skin cancer. Right. But I think, I I don't know. I haven't written it off yet. No, 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 but you should. I know, but like, how do I get this real looking tan spray? And you know what? Here's the other thing. If you were to look this tan all the time, then you wouldn't even feel fabulous anymore. Shit, bitch, you are so fucking smart. So I think enjoy it while you have it. Sickening. Let's get a close up on the tan. But like when it goes away, like look at my chest. Like hold on. And also, like we can't talk about this tan without talking about the sunburn that you had to endure. Oh my god. To get it. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. So me and Ben, the whole trip was supposed to be one weekend, and I'm like, and in the British Virgin Islands for Brian's birthday, and I'm like, you know what, Ben? Like let's make the most of it. Let's go to like a random other island before. And I always get a spray tan before a trip if I'm traveling with other people because you know you like to get dressed up, whatever. Because it makes everything better. Makes everything better. But if it's like just me and Ben on a trip, like I don't give a shit what I look like. So I was like, should I get a spray tan or should we go to St. Thomas first, get really tan and show up to like Brian's birthday trip looking sickening? So I'm like, Knowing what happened? So I'm like, that's let's, funny. Let's do that. <laughs> so we get there. We only have like two full days in the sun before we have to go to Brian's. And so I'm making the most. And I'm like not wearing sunblock, but I'm like, I know I'll get a little burned, but that's okay because like I'll be sickeningly tanned in like, no time. We get back from the beach the first day. And, you know, you don't realize, like, how bad it is until you're showered and you're inside. Mm-hmm. And I did look at the UV index um, as I was sitting in the sun for literally 12 hours. And it said 11. And I don't know why. That even, seems high. I don't even know why I bothered to look it up because I don't even know what that means. But I later learned it's the highest one. And we get back and me and Ben are tomatoes it's the kind of sunburn where you're purple you know I do know this is hurting me it was so crazy it like literally ruined like a huge part of our trip like we could not sit in the sun for any other day like I couldn't even take a bath I wanted to go to the spa I couldn't go to the spa it was crazy we were doing we were so desperate because like we were planning on showing up to the party looking sickening (laughs) instead you look sick (laughs) literally we looked so sick when we arrived everyone was like oh my god are you guys okay you look sick and we're like trying to play it off we're like we're fine like we've just been in the sun a lot we were dying we couldn't even walk like it was literally like robot walking it was traumatizing so this is your um sign to wear sunblock and i feel like because we've not seen the sun for a year like you do forget how powerful it can be and so i think a lot of people will encounter they'll be so excited for the sun like so excited to no longer be green that they'll get a little (laughs) carried away so i'm glad 
we have this warning, wear sunscreen. I know it's like not so cool to put on sunscreen like while you're like sunbathing. I know. But like it's also not cool to be purple. You should see my back. Like you would die. It literally looks like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's just skin falling off like in every direction. And it's so itchy. And I can't scratch my back. It's literally like the most, it's the most cruel thing ever. Like having a scratch on your back that you can't itch. But imagine having it. 24 7 but if i scratch your back you, you need, need to scratch, scratch mine remember when chris jenner almost um managed that girl band bg5 yeah i think that she did but she obviously like would say now that she didn't pe- yeah because it was a huge failure yeah huge failure not everyone can be little mix you guys little mix is just taking over the world does anyone else feel that way they wake up every day and it's like little mix just did something else sickening no i i don't but I don't doubt that you feel that but way. But it's also because I, like, on Peloton, I guess, like, you were in the BVIs, I was on the Peloton. Right. And on the Peloton, like, all the instructors that I ride with have so much respect for Little Mix, and every single mm. time a Little Mix come, song comes on, they're like, Little Mix, they were on X Factor, they said girl bands can't win X Factor, guess what they did? They won X Factor. Is Peloton big in the UK, maybe? Um, well, one of the instructors that I ride with is um, from the UK, but just Cody Rigsby has the utmost respect for Little Mix, and it. it's a pleasure to ride. So I actually followed Cody Rigsby on TikTok. Like, not that I know anything about his work. I've never even said All I know about, like, or all you need to know is that, like, he would be your best friend. I know, and so, I, like, he goes viral on TikTok a lot. Like, not his videos, but people are always, like, clipping his, like, funny shit that he says on his ride. Mm-hmm. And um, so I followed him. And good stuff? I haven't seen anything yet. Like, I literally did it yesterday. Got it. Well, the, that's who I've been hanging out with. Um, and Bruno Sweets. And Bruno Sweets. And Bruno Sweets every day, like, a new cone arrives for him yeah. to um, figure out. And he's just like, he's like, this is better than what I was working with, but still a betrayal. I was like a deadbeat mom. I took the cone off. Like, I know you're not supposed to, but, like, Theo didn't lick his suture, so, like, he was fine. Yeah, we got him, like, this turtleneck. Um, That's what Theo had. Onesie, and it's just a little big. I have, like, a smaller one coming soon, and unfortunately, like, we caught him, like, licking a little, so oh. it had to come off. It was, like, really sad. I was like, you had one job, and it just was to not lick. Yeah, but you can also give him an hour a day without the cone. Um, just watch him, like. Yeah, yeah, so it's been it's been getting better. Um, it's just, it was tough for, for Bruno Sweets, you know? For, for the whole Wine Rib Sweets family. It, it really was, but I think eventually it will bring us all together. Of course, and I'm just glad that now Bruno can safely play in the park. Very, very true. Just in time. Oh, everyone's like, coming to New York, it's 65 degrees. It's 27 fucking degrees today. It's freezing. Yeah, you guys, we had one nice day. Like, let's not get um, carried away. No, that's exactly <laughs> what people did. Got carried the fuck away. I know, like, and it's like, even Saturday and Sunday, it was like 30s, 40s, but everyone was treating it like 60s, which was actually nice. I actually had a really fun, like, day, outdoor day with my friends on Saturday, and it was nice to, like, have that um, that vibe again. Yeah, I saw your stories, and I'm like, oh, homegirl's wearing a fur coat. It's not warm anymore right but it's like I'm just gonna act like it's warm but it's not you have to uh wait hold on um create the weather that you wish to see in the world yeah dress for the weather that you wish to see in the world but then sometimes like if you're dressed so out of season like you look like a fool yeah you everyone everyone has a memory of like childhood when it's like it turns to or, be, or adulthood yeah right but like I have a distinct memory it's like oh it, it randomly like became spring and like you're still in your fucking like long sleeve turtleneck and it's like the shame mm-hmm. you never forget incidents like that ever I remember one it was in adulthood where it was like transitioning from um 
summer to fall and I just decided that it was going to be fall today and so like I got all dressed up for fall and it was like so hot you fell into fall and I felt so stupid no like I'm telling you like it's literally the most traumatizing <laughs> and it's such like a random thing and everyone's like aren't you hot yes Sally I'm fucking hot I fucked up like why don't you rub it in it's really like a traumatizing and you're right it happens in adulthood but for me like that traumatizing moment was 100% like in middle school yeah actually my first memory like as like, if you think of, like, the first memory that you that you have, it's hard to really pinpoint, but I just remember, like, being in pre-K, and I think the seasons were changing, and it was... Wow, turning. that's a really young memory. No, that's what I'm saying. I just remember sitting in class. It was, like, becoming spring, and I was wearing a dress, and I just remember feeling hot <laughs> and feeling, like... This dress wasn't, like, the right thing to be wearing. How the fuck were you wearing a dress? It's like I was at school being cute. In pre-K, you wore a dress to 100%, 100%. school? 100%. Kids, kids wear, like, onesies, I thought. No, no, no. Like, I was just wearing a cute dress. Like That is so funny. And I just remember thinking, like, it's a little hot for this dress. <laughs> no, you had, like, swamp ass from the dress. <laughs> Chub rub. I don't remember that. But. Okay, wait. I think I remember my first memory, and it involves you, well, obviously. Obviously. So I do have a distinct memory of us. And tell me if I'm making this up, because you know. And also, sometimes memory, like, me the, the idea of memory is just so complex. But also, sometimes someone tells you a story, and then you think that it was your memory but it's someone telling you a story literally over this weekend I heard Ben telling someone a story and I literally turned to him and I'm like that's my fucking story like that literally happened to me and I'm like I I, I feel like I shouldn't have called him out because like I kind of embarrassed him but like <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> and believe here it. you are embarrassing him I heard him telling the story I'm like that and it wasn't even that long ago it was like one year ago I'm like that's my fucking story I think that sometimes memory can like can do that can but it's also like a cool story. I think he was just trying to like steal my story. Oh, yeah. Just let him have it. But what's your first memory? So we had just had breakfast and we were getting ready for school and we started spinning. Like, oh, I know. I have this memory. And too. you peed in your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, my that's first a memory. normal thing to get ready for school, have breakfast, and then start, start spin. spinning. We were like doing like circles to see who could get the dizziest and yeah. we were laughing so hard because we were just so funny. We were so funny and Jackie peed and then peed she had to get pants. driven to school separately. Yeah, because I didn't make the bus because I peed my pants. Um, just one more thing I wanted to talk about that I didn't. Um, expect to happen you know and I feel like a lot more people should be talking about this because what I really experienced on my trip like you know socializing with not a lot of people of course but just people for the first time was my social anxiety is off the chain like I woke up every morning being like what did I do last night and I didn't even do anything crazy like we sat on the beach like it's just I didn't expect that to be a side effect of the pandemic, but I just want to warn everyone, like when you start to slowly like emerge back into social scenes with like, not your just immediate circle. Like I don't give a shit when my immediate circle thinks about me, like they're my immediate circle, but just like your, your social, it will, it will shake you. Like it's not, we're not used to it. Well, I think also social anxiety, like that sort of what you're describing also comes from drinking. Yes. Like hangover anxiety. Yeah. But I feel like before the pandemic, like a lot of us had managed like that, that delicate balance of like drinking, having fun, but and the moral hangover that comes after it. But I have found that like now being in social settings, like my social skills are just off. Yeah, and like people are talking, and I'm like, I just don't care what you're saying. Yeah, but I think I had that before. I yeah, but, and I think I was always awkward. So no, you're not awkward. You're you're just like um not super forward. 
Yeah, but I do like I'm. I feel hyper aware of my social skills. I'm like, Eek. but you know what's cool? It's like so does everyone else. Like That's everyone, true. everyone is just doing their best, right? Like everyone comes back from the day and they're like, my social skills were weird. Not oh, Jackie's was being weird. You know, everyone is now like obsessed with like how weird they were. Yeah, how they came off. Yeah, I think we're fine. Yeah, I think we're fine too. Hopefully, no, everyone's talking about us. Um, okay, I think we should get into everything because we have a lot to discuss today, and we have a fabulous interview at the end of the show with Jasmine Sanders a.k.a. the Golden Barbie, who is um, in this year's edition of Sports Illustrated, as she was on the cover last year. She's an icon and a queen. The episode is podcast only. So if you're watching on YouTube, at the end of the episode, just head over to the podcast because we recorded with her via Zoom, and she was still looking, like, sickeningly, stunningly beautiful and golden. A hundred percent. So you think? So I think, without further ado, it is time for the Fast Five Stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. (laughs) Do I sound hoarse? You do. Okay, yeah. I don't know why. I just, like, feel hoarse. I was actually going to um, mention it, but then we just, you know, went on a million tangents. You're very sticky shoes today. Sticky, sticky shoes. Wow, that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I feel fine, but just... <clears throat> okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Noom. Think about everything you've ever learned about getting healthy. There is a lot of contradictory information out there, and things like that old-fashioned food pyramid aren't much help. So enter Noom. You know how to chew, how to use a chopstick, and how to fold a slice of pizza. But do you really know how to eat? Noom says if you want to lose weight, it's not about one thing you ate today, but how you eat in general. So Noom is not about what you ate. It's about how you eat. They teach you about your eatings, your craving, and how to build new habits so you can ditch your misconceptions and get smart about food and the choices that you make. So with Noom, you can pick the health goals that are right for you, and Noom will personalize a weight loss program to help your aspirations become a reality. So there's a million different reasons why you might want to start eating better, feeling better. A lot of people are doing it to lose weight, to fit better into their clothes, just to feel better physically. Um... Or just feel more confident and comfortable in a crowd. So that's why Noom is so fabulous because it's so personalized for everyone because it's based in psychology. They'll teach you why you make the choices that you do and it'll give you the tools to replace your habits with healthier ones. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach means you're not just losing weight, but you are building the habits you need to keep it off. One of the things we love most about Noom is they have like the biggest food database ever. So the app makes it really easy to track your food intake. And actually, when I went to the gastroenterologist, she said it's probably the best food tracker she always recommends to her clients. It is the best food tracker. Everyone is busy, and that's why Noom doesn't demand much of your time. They only ask for 10 minutes a day, and over 80% of Noomers finish the program, and over 60% of them have stuck with their goal for at least one year. There's a science to getting healthier, and it's called Noom. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash toast. Learn how to eat again with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at noom, noom.com slash toast. I know Jackie's been on Noom for like almost a year now. Yeah, no, it is the best. I recommend it to everyone who's starting out and doesn't really know where to start. Right. And as far as like the the, cow, the food database that they have, like it makes putting in your intake so easy. You don't have to go searching or like inputting a million things like they got you covered make it as easy as possible so if you're ready to learn how to live healthier sign up for noom today at noom.com slash toast nice okay first story grammys 2021 recap we will get to all of the winners let's talk about the highlights how much did you watch i watched pretty much the whole thing from start to finish um i was about 20 minutes late but i did catch up like Oh, so, but you watched the opening. Entire, yes. Okay, got it. I, st- like, I was feeling really conflicted because I know I said I wasn't going to watch it, but then I was just, like, sitting on my bed. It was, like, 7.55, and I was, like, I'll turn it on just because, like, it is the Grammys, and we do host 
a pop culture show and it seems like the thing I should watch. Yes, I know that you and I, we take this like hard stance on award shows, not always, but especially in the last year because they have a way of feeling so out of touch in so many ways, even though they spend so much time like airtime during the award show, like talking about the pandemic, talking about the healthcare workers, how hard this year has been. Just something about it feels like people are literally struggling so hard to put food on the table. And like, I just don't care that Laura Dern is wearing Oscar de la Renta. Like it, I agree. Like that's what we've been saying a lot of this yes, year. And I've always like felt, um, just like not the most excited person about award shows, especially this year, but I've always felt like the Grammys, if I can watch one, it is the Grammys because there's performances. And I do think that like music is so important, especially in difficult times. Like I have turned to music so many times this year and mm -hmm. it's gotten me through a lot of times. So I, I don't want to punish the music. No, and I generally feel like I actually really love music award shows. Like I would watch like the People's Music, whatever, like American Music Awards. I just love, like I happen to be such a big fan of so many popular music artists in pop music, in country music. So I don't have that same detest. Like I look at the Oscars and the Golden Globes and I'm like, you fucking snobs. Like I can't relate to these people at all. And I just like, I have this like hatred for everyone who acts. I don't have that for the music industry. And I think it's because first of all, right, exactly what you just said. Even in the toughest of times, like this year, music has been so helpful. Like sad music, happy music, rain on me, literally save the year. Like I don't feel that way about the Grammys. And I actually think part of what's so frustrating about the Golden Globes, it's the same fucking four people every year. It's like, Change it up. No, and it's like we spend so much of our year watching TV and like the things that we watch aren't being talked like, about. Like where's, you know, Real Housewives of New York on the Golden Globes red carpet? A hundred percent. So I feel like music really nails, it's so diverse in its genres and its people. There's so many different artists. There's Latin artists. Like there's just so much and it feels really representative of the world we live in. Whereas like the Golden Globes, I'm like, what world are you guys living in? Yes, I totally agree. So for that reason, I gave the Grammys a chance. Um, I watched the opening, like the first chunk until commercials, I think. And there was performances by Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, and Haim. Um, and I just like don't want to be super negative. No, that's okay. That's usually my job. And I'm going to be positive. So let's switch it up. But then I had to turn it off. Yeah. And then uh, Zach was watching it. So I caught... Um, I caught DaBaby, Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, and Dua Lipa. And I loved all four of those performances. And I was like, I'm leaving on a high. So overall, I'm like neutral. And then I heard really good things about like the rest of the show. I just felt like the opening was like a really bad start. Well, let's just start from the top. Like, let's go through all the performances and then okay. all the winners. Harry Styles. Okay, I know you. I, we were talking about this before. You said it felt like a cover band. No, oh, so I think Harry Styles is beyond fabulous. So talented. Absolutely love his music. Love the song Watermelon Sugar. Who doesn't? I felt like the performance was like kind of lackluster it felt like a, someone doing like a talent show at high school doing a really good job but like that's how we're gonna open the Grammys I just wasn't I wasn't totally impressed no I couldn't disagree less like the lack of shirt I don't know like how you could say that was talent show and the boa and the le like it was it was gorgeous like I don't think I've ever seen Harry Styles belly like it was everything and he literally said I want your belly and then his belly was out like that is fucking <laughs> lyrical artistry genius is it yes <laughs> okay. yes it okay. is okay agree to disagree okay but i'm with you on Haim. like that was i thought it was a a really good placement like you know what i mean like that's a great time slot and i think i've said this before i should adore Haim, and i just don't friends of taylor swift jewish, jewish sisters. sisters like oh my god us like 
No. No. <laughs> Not a... Except that one song that they first came The Wire. Sickening. Love that song? Yep. They haven't done it for me since then. Um, and I did like their coordinating Prada outfits, but I'm like, they're just so like quirky, you know? And I'm like, it just wasn't for me. It was not for me. And no. Billie Eilish was in between Harry Styles and Haim. And the thing is, is that I just don't think I am meant to be like Billie Eilish's number one fan in terms of like my demographic. I think she speaks for a lot of young people. Um, I respect her a lot and I think she's extremely talented, but she's just not my personal vibe. Is that yeah. what I'm to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Okay. Okay, so then what happened after? Can we just get a list of the performers so we could just like compliment? Because the best ones were Dua Lipa. Like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. What a star. Star. Every time I see her perform, I'm reminded of like how incredibly talented she is. Her music is not only stellar. Like she's literally, if she tried desperately to release a bad song, she couldn't. But when she performs, she comes to life. She's such a good dancer. She's such a good live performer. Her voice is so good. Her outfits were so sickening. Chris Appleton did her hair, and you could just tell, like, her hair was sickening. Her red carpet, Cher, Butterfly, she got a 10 out of 10 on every level. And as the awards went by, like, she kept not winning them. And I was surprised. She did end up winning one, and yeah. I was happy for her. I was happy for her, too. Cody Rigsby really campaigned for her to win Album of the Year. It wasn't going to happen. I know, but... I think she had like a really good chance and I would have been happy if she had won. I'm obviously so happy there that was, Taylor won. There was literally no way that any other album, and I'm not and just like, like a delusional though, Taylor even fan. Even though I absolutely lived for Dua Lipa's music this year and like some like Physical and Don't Start Now were some of the best songs of all time. Yeah. I actually don't think I ever listened, actually in the like once or twice I listened to Future Nostalgia from start to finish. And like as but a that whole. Was, yeah, but that was it. No, and it's like. But I listened to Folklore from start to finish, all the Countless time. times. I yeah. did it this morning while doing my hair and makeup. Like, And I think that it's just, and I'm not just saying this as a delusional Taylor Swift fan, which I am, I'm not denying that. But I think so many people, whether they're Taylor Swift fans or not, like leaned on that album so heavily. Like it came out at the worst time for everyone. Like for whatever different reason, whether you were struggling like emotionally, financially, mentally, like that album literally like cured coronavirus like it just it didn't cure coronavirus it cured quarantine like it made quarantine bearable it gave us something to live for and not to put down any of the other albums but like album of the year represents the year yeah folklore was no, this year I, i'm not arguing with you no, just in case but, there's anyone who maybe didn't would. understand cody would and it was a good album not putting think, it down i don't think cody loves taylor swift but also they don't play taylor swift on peloton i don't think copyright rights to her music so we'll never he ne- he's never had to discuss her. we'll find out we'll find out okay black pumas performed Doja Cat. Um, Doja Cat's outfit was really, really brave. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. But her performance, she always um, impresses me. I'm like, oh, yeah, she is really good because, like, her music is good, but she's like a Dua Lipa, like, the singing, the dancing, on fleek. Like, she was great. Yeah. Post Malone. Um, I love Post Malone. And just, like, the the fact that there was a very small gathering of people on that roof, kind of how they did at the CMAs, and we kept getting panned to people who were just like watching the performances, which is my favorite part of award shows, was great. He was giving me like the best reactions to other people's performances and his performance was excellent too. And I feel like, I know she's um, like not technically single, but I think him and Cardi B would be a really cute couple. Oh, cute. Also when they had like their little, you know, gym auditorium of performances and you saw like the other people in the background, um, it was an interesting- I loved it. Addition. Yeah, it's just like they had to be on the whole time. Right, which is hard. Yeah. Um, Megan Thee Stallion. Okay. Unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Like, nobody worked harder at the Grammys than Megan Thee Stallion. Like, nobody. It was such a good performance. And then when Cardi came out in that big bed, it was everything. 
Um, Everything. Okay, I have to watch that one. Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, no, I didn't see it. I I said the ones that I did see. It was so sickening. Like, literally, just they were working and they did WAP, they did Body Yaddy Yaddy, they did uh, a little, I think they did a little Savage. It was like a medley. It was unbelievable. And they had this huge bed constructed and it was just like so sickening. And then, like, Trevor Noah came out and like was making really bad jokes. And I have something to say about Trevor Noah. I've seen a lot of people critiquing him. And he started to annoy me. And then it occurred to me, it's like even the best host in the world always becomes annoying at Mm -hmm. some point in the night. And I actually think Trevor Noah like did a really good job of keeping the annoyances down. To a minimum. But his peak annoying was when he came out on stage like to Cardi B when she was done and and, like being like, this is my dream. Like he was being so annoying. I'm like, Trevor, like just cut to commercial. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, John Mayer and Marin Morris. It was really cute. I loved it. I I was waiting for John Mayer to um, sing. But he just played guitar, which, oh. like, we love, but, like, come on. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, so let me know what that sounds yeah. like. Um, Taylor Swift. <sighs> There's so much to unpack. First of all, let's talk. Let's start with the song selects. We got um, Cardigan. Cardigan, which isn't my favorite song, but I think it really showcases how talented Taylor is in terms of, like, lyrical. I knew you'd haunt all of my what-ifs. Like, just, like, all these beautiful soliloquies. Then she gets up off the grass and she's sitting on top of a house and she sings August, which of the two albums she released this year, I would say August is probably my favorite song. And the fact that what she... What about Peace? Oh, but see, I don't want to listen to Peace just like anywhere. Like I would listen to August like on a plane, a train, and auto... Like I would listen... Peace is reserved. So August, yes, I stand by what I said. August is so good. And the fact that she played it means like she knows that it's like, you know, my song. Then I'm like, oh wow, that was so great. Then she goes into an Evermore song, Willow, which is my fucking favorite song on that album. And Aaron Dessner, the lights come on. Aaron Dessner, Jack Antonoff, they're in front. She's with her dress. It, you realize, like, the house they're in, really, I think it was meant to resemble Lily Pond Studios. Yeah. Is was, that what it was called? It was, um, I don't think it was Lily Pond. 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 Pondery Blake. Taylor Swift Pond. Long Pond Long Studios. Pond. Okay, I was really close. Um, and it was just, like, beautifully metaphorical and wonderful and she looked gorgeous and the songs were gorgeous she sounded gorgeous it was a 10 out of fucking 10 yes I loved the set looked like a storybook I felt like that was a great use of you know the auditorium situation and it was it was clear that it could be done yeah it could be done um also before her was Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock Silk Silk Sonic. Sonic Now that, that was my number one performance of the night. It was stellar. It was so fucking good. That song, we haven't had a chance to recap the first song that came out, Leave the Door Open, and it's so amazing. It's, he just nails that aesthetic. Like, he has this idea and the way that it comes to life. Like, I knew, ex- like, with the outfits and the dancers and the microphones and the song, it was just really so, like, beautifully disco-y. Yes. It I love him. It was so good. I'm so excited for the album they're putting out. And it was such a treat to like have him back on the Grammy stage, like in the mix. Where he should be. Where he should be. He took a break. I'm happy for him. Sometimes self-care looks like taking a break, but sometimes it looks like coming back to the Grammys and giving the people what they want. I couldn't agree more. It was so well said. Um, DaBaby and Roddy Rich. Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. When those old women like who were in the choir were like choiring, like making gossip, it was so but brilliant. also like dancing yes they mm-hmm. were giving me life i thought it was such an interesting way to perform a song that we've heard so many times and i had so much respect for the ingenuity like he just he literally t- turned a rap song into like a 
a gospel soul song. It was so genius. I loved it. Yeah. Did Justin Bieber perform? No. No. Oh, I'm going through the list of nominees. Did Lady Gaga or Ariana Grande? No. Did Lady Beyonce? No. No. But she gave us so much life in. Oh, oh, I forgot you didn't watch. Okay. So her and Megan Thee Stallion won. I forget what the category was, but obviously hips tick tock when I dance. That song. Yes, of course. And like Beyonce let Meg like make the whole speech. Megan was like freaking out that she was on stage with Beyonce. And as uh, this. As she was, like, the stage was ending, Trevor Noah, of course, like, pops in. <laughs> and he's like, by the way, like, history has just been made. Um, Beyonce is now tied with, uh, he didn't say who it was, but I read up, it's Alison Krauss, um, for the most female awarded Grammy artist of all time, which was, like, crazy. But it did give me, like, a little flashback to, like, Kanye VMA, like, because it was, like, really, like, Meg's moment. And Beyonce was, like, really letting Meg have the moment. Like, Beyonce said two words at the end. And... Beyonce felt like she made the same face that she made like when Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift at the VMAs, but it ended up being fine. I, don't, I think maybe I was the only one who felt that way. <laughs> and then Beyonce won another um, award like two seconds later, thus making her, they said on air, the most awarded artist. And then I saw the Recording Academy on Twitter, like kind of clarified female artist. Oh, I was seeing most awarded artist. That's what they said on the TV. That's okay. why I was confused. Okay, still amazing. No, it was cool to watch in real time. And Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce's, I would encourage you to watch on YouTube, like this, the two of them standing there, like Megan Thee Stallion, like freaking the fuck out. She's like, when I grew up, like everyone around me knows, like all I wanted to be was Beyonce. And like, I literally became the ratchet Beyonce. And it's like been the biggest dream of my life. It was just like a great moment for women. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go through all the winners now. Share your thoughts if you have any. I pretty much thought, I pretty much agreed with all the winners. Like, okay, record of the year was Billie Eilish, Everything I Wanted. Except that one. I'm going to disagree. Yeah. Um, album of the year, Folklore, Taylor Swift. Hands down. I heard like you really weren't feeling that one. No, I was, I, I mean, I just like knew it, you know, it's hard <laughs> being like Raven Simone. No, and I'm, I'm so happy for Taylor, especially after like having watched Miss Americana and the snub for reputation. We and know how important it is to her. When she was singing in her song, like, um, I come back stronger than a 90s trend, I felt like she was talking to the Academy. The Grammys, yeah. Yeah. And when she made her speech, she was like. Thank you so much. Like, I'll never forget that you did this for me. Like she, certain artists don't care about the Grammys. Taylor has made it very, very clear. Like album of the year and just the Grammys in general is something she really um, values. Yeah. Song of the year was I Can't Breathe by her. Yes. Best new artist, Megan Thee Stallion. I agreed with, but who else was nominated? Um, a lot of nominees, Ingrid Andres, Phoebe Bridgers, Chica, Noah Cyrus, D-Smoke, Doja Cat, Kay Trinata. I think Megan Thee Stallion, of who course. won, is the clear winner. Now I'm remembering when I found out Noah Cyrus is nominated in the same category as Megan Thee Stallion, and I was like pretty much shook, and I'm just feeling that all over again. Yes. Best music video, Brown Skin Girl, Beyonce, Blue Ivy, Carter, and WizKid. Oh yes, Blue Ivy now has, has a Grammy. Happy for her. Best pop duo group performance, Rain On Me, Lady Gaga, and Ariana Grande. 100% well-deserved. Best pop solo performance, Watermelon Sugar, Harry Styles, which I think is a big deal, like considering when you remember like Harry Styles came from One Direction, a band whose music was very popular, but never Grammys. No, and like considering all the other songs nominated too in that category, it was a hard category. It was. How was BTS's performance? That's something I have to, they sang Dynamite? They literally, the Grammys like uses BTS for ratings because it was the last thing. It was after album of the year. They always do that. Oh, every award show uses BTS. But my God, I was like, <laughs> na, 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 na. it was so good. And I was like dancing in my bed and Ben was like trying to go to sleep. And I was just trying to explain to him like the production value. I'm like these kids, like the dancing was, it was better. It was the same. 
It's like the, all their performances. Like, this one wasn't any different, but it was just like 10 out of 10 dancing. No, it's like, 10 it out doesn't, 10. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it was like gorgeous, you know, Hollywood lights. Like, I don't, I think they were in Korea. Yeah, they were in Seoul. Yeah, but it was still like, they were on top of, they were like in a studio and then they walk up the stairs and they're like on top of a building. There's like fireworks. It was just Hollywood glamour, like no, five stars. They are really showmen and these days we don't get that a lot. Yeah. A lot of things are like stripped down. They reminded me as I was watching them, like they are like Bruno Mars. Like mm-hmm. the way they have this, like pri- they make like the 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 show like a priority. Like, yes. They're all showmen. elements. Showmen, yeah. Mm-hmm. They are the greatest showmen. They are the greatest showmen. And I was actually really surprised that Dynamite did not win anything. Like it really was like a song of the year. I agree. And I think it's really hurtful. I agree. And the BTS army was fucking twisted up on Twitter last night. I know, because they were so excited that they were nominated and it was a big deal for them to be nominated, but I do think that Dynamite like is one of those songs that cured the year. It reminds me of like and I keep I don't know why I keep comparing them to Bruno Mars, but it was like a twenty four carat magic. Like it was just song that just like snuck up on us that it was like, damn, this song is so fucking good. Yes, agreed. Best pop vocal album went to Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. And I feel as though she deserved that in the pop category. Yes, I agree. And it also feels like for a lot of these people who were nominated in many categories won at least yes. one. I don't know anyone that didn't win anything except Hame, I think. And did Justin Bieber win anything? No, but he also like denounced the Grammys on his story, remember? That's true. And also they, they announced so many before the show. And Oh, he won with Dan and Shay. For 10,000 hours. That I feel as though is deserved. I love that song. Um, yeah, and then all of the different genres, rock, country, etc. Um, yeah, the country um, category I thought was really, really interesting. Miranda Lambert won, and I do feel, I've made like such a 180 on Miranda Lambert. Like, I respect the fuck out of her, and her album, Wild Card, is so good. Mm-hmm. And I thought she deserved to win, even though I was really gunning for Ashley McBride, because I love her so much. But I, and it, you know, it was all women in the category. There was not. I know. And, and you know what's so interesting? Sorry to cut you off again. <laughs> um... I feel like in country award shows, like the men are always winning and it's like the Jason Aldean, Luke, Brian, like they're kind of like, they all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't include Luke Combs in that category. I think he's a really unique artist, but like the big, like Jason Aldean, Luke, Brian, Blake Shelton, like they all have the same three songs and they like share them and it's like not real music. And I think they are always like winning. Whereas like the women in country music, like are putting out like heartfelt lyrical masterpieces. And I'm so glad the Grammys respected the women in country, because in my opinion, they release better music. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I think Miranda Lambert, I'm so happy that she won. I think her album was great. My personal country album of the year, though, was... Ingrid Andres. Ingrid Andres. Me too, but I... No, actually, I stand by Ashley McBride. I know I'm, I'm new on the Ashley McBride ship, but like we are fully built, ready to go. Love to see it. Yeah. Love to see a new ship. Speaking of ships, let's segue into our next story. A little relationship news. Very confusing. On Friday, yeah. Page Six announced that J-Lo and A-Rod broke off the engagement. And then um, everyone else said, no, they didn't. And now J-Lo and A-Rod are saying, no, we didn't. They're saying we're working through stuff. Yeah, they say they love each other and want to work on their relationship. A-Rod told TMZ that he is not single and J-Lo put out a TikTok video that was so sickening. Did you see the video? No. Okay, she put out a TikTok that um, it's all about like her being fabulous, like montage sort of. Okay. And it references the split. She posts all the headlines and then was like, said something. What did she say? Something like. Oh, well, good for her. I live for a TikTok clarification. Yeah. She Let me w- just watch it. She debunked. Good for her. I actually um, just recently followed J-Lo on TikTok, so I'm actually surprised I didn't see her content. Yeah, it's a really good TikTok video, and she's also letting us know. And 
I don't know. I mean, when we heard the news that they were Splitsville. Okay, here we go. Oh, she's going to watch the video. This? Yes. Oh, wow. She's such a queen. Okay, I don't want to get demonetized, but love that for her. Well, yes. So they're still together, apparently. Um, they obviously have problems. Like, we've all been alive and well in the last six months. Like, there's a lot going on there. There is a lot going on. So, and just Madison LaCroix, like, taking down, a, like, a Hollywood couple, you I know? was, like, ready for it to be over for them, and because I, I just think he's so unworthy. I agree. Um, but now they're still together, so never mind. I'm, like, upset by this whole thing, because I think of them as a couple. I was so invested in like I thought that these two people like the fact that they haven't been married for 50 years like makes no sense like they're perfect for each other in a million different ways and then over the last year I've just heard all these things about him like fucking around on JLo obviously the Madison LaCroix one is very public but there's a couple headlines like random playmates different models coming out saying they FaceTime they like have phone sex with him and I'm like you're really gonna disrespect JLo like that like who the fuck do you think you are like are you kidding I'm just... It's disgusting. It is. She's everything of the sort. And I feel like the events of the last few months have made me realize, like, he's kind of nothing of the sort. No, and I went from, like, idolizing him as, like, an athlete, a businessman, and as a businessman beau to literally, like, thinking so low of him. Like, you're going to fuck around on J-Lo? Like, who on God's green diddly-dally earth do you think you are? Yeah. To fuck around on J-Lo. Mm-hmm. That's just not it. No, it's not it. And it's disgusting. so, who knows how... What happens from here? But they're together. So I will respect it. I do feel like it's probably like the beginning of the end. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like, why would she renege? Like, why? She's like, because once it's over, like, everyone's going to take her side, obviously. It takes time. Maybe they're not, like, officially over right now. But, like, this is the first break, and I think it's just the beginning. Um, they could possibly still be together. But, like, an independent, fierce woman like JLo, like, she just can't get over things like this. Like, it's, it's unforgivable. I agree. So, I, there's nothing to say anymore. The story was they broke up, and then the story was that they didn't. Yeah, this is giving me, like, um, Lily Reinhardt, Cole Sprouse vibes. Like, everyone reported that they broke up, and then they literally tweeted, like, no, we didn't. But then eventually they did. See? Yeah. Okay, our next story, back to award shows. Ugh. The Oscar nominations are here. They were announced by Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. See, this is actually, like, what makes me roll my eyes. Like, the Oscars. Yeah, so let's just go through the big categories. If you feel strongly or want to make a prediction, let me know. I've only seen, I think, for movies that are Oscar-worthy, I've only seen Promising Young Woman, which was excellent. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, well, it's nominated for Best Picture, along with Nomadland, which, from what I've heard, is like a best picture. Okay. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 also heard really good things. Minari, Sound of Metal, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Mank. I heard Judas and the Black Messiah was fire. Actress in a leading role. Frances McDormand, Nomadland, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Oh, I didn't realize that she was in it and you were still able to watch it. Okay, so <laughs> did we talk about it on the podcast? I don't think so. I think we did. I think actually you might be having amnesia because I said she like looked so weird in the movie like because what do you think when you think of Carrie Mulligan what do you think Pixie of cut. Daisy great Gatsby yeah she looked like Britney Spears like the whole movie she had like long blonde hair and like, like just couldn't see her as any like it was so confusing to watch her but she was very good um okay that's good to know Viola Davis Marini's Black Bottom and Andre Day the United States versus Billie Holiday Andre Day is a shoe-in in my opinion and then actor in a leading role, Chadwick Boseman, is nominated for Moraney's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Gary Oldman, Mank. Steve Yoon, Minari. 
Um, that'd be like really beautiful if Chadwick Boseman won. Yeah, that would be really beautiful. A posthumous um, Oscar. Award, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actress in a supporting role. Are you still interested? Oh, I'm not paying attention anymore. I know. I just really, I just haven't heard of any of these you guys. Movies. I really haven't seen or even some of the some of them I heard of didn't see. Yeah. Some of them I have not heard of. No, me too. So I think. And that's crazy because, like, we literally talk about pop culture full time. That's just what I'm saying. Like, these movies, like, movies used to be, like, do you remember the year when, like, there used to be a time when, like, you would see, maybe it's because theaters, like, aren't open this year, but where you would see, like, five out of five, like, you saw Slumdog Millionaire, like, you saw all of them. But also, it's like, theaters weren't open this year, but we all spent the whole year watching movies and television from home. So. I don't know. No, I guess like Trolls didn't get nominated. I guess. It was the movie of the year. I guess it didn't. I guess the holiday didn't get nominated. I guess the King of Staten Island didn't either, <laughs> which is shocking. Um, The only other category that I am always interested in is the original song. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, Husavik from Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, actually, I do believe I came on here and like ripped to shreds that movie Eurovision. You did. It was a piece of shit, but the music was fucking amazing okay like so i was shocked okay that's that's positive yeah also fight for you from judas and the black messiah low c from the life ahead speak now by taylor Taylor swift (laughs) from one night in miami and hear my voice from the trial of the chicago seven you know i feel like like this is the first time in a while that a animated movie song didn't get nominated i'm gonna listen to the music because i actually enjoy that yeah that's always one of my um personal favorite categories did you say cynthia revo is one of the singers oh i I didn't say who sings the Uh songs are you sure i thought you just said that i said the movie it's from oh oh, oh. well if cynthia revo was going to perform like then i'll turn i'll tune into the oscars because she's something to say yes well, when are the Oscars? Who cares? I guess I would be on um, the iPad. I would know. April 25th. I would just like to know if, like, our listeners, like, do you also hate the Oscars? You know what? That is such a great question. Like, do you want us to be watching these things? Is it is it important to you? Because, like, I'll do it for you, but just so, like, I would literally rather die than watch the Oscars this year. I agree. Like, I will do it if everyone says, please, we need your recap. Like, I will do it. That's what we do. But if you guys feel as we do and, like, we just don't care about these things right now, let us know. Yeah. I've just never really, like, I think it just over the last few years, I've just become, like, over movies. I know that sounds crazy. I'm just so much more of, like, a TV show girly now. Because it used to be, like, movies were so much better than TV. Now it's, like, TV no. is where you want to be. And also, like, to be in a show or a limited series on a streaming service, like, is extremely prestigious. Yeah, it used to be, like, no one wanted to be on TV. Right. It was, like, the small screen versus yeah. the big screen. But when everything is on your TV at home, it's all the same. And also, like, the doing a series, like, I think of, like, Queen's Gambit. Like, that is a movie that was done episodically. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in a few years, like, Leonardo DiCaprio does, like, a short series, mini-series on Netflix. Like, yeah. it's prestigious now. And it's, the Golden Globes, for me, like, I don't live for, but they are, to me, a little bit more my speed because... Because they include television. Yeah. I agree. I just think that the way it's categorized is starting to become outdated. Yeah. Considering everything that we watch is, like, even if it's, like, a, a series that has three parts, all that's a show. That's yeah. not a movie. But, like, we're not... We're not in these boxes anymore. No, and honestly, like, The Queen's Gambit is the perfect example because for me, that was, like, the most amazing thing that came out this year, and it won't win an Oscar because it's not a movie. Right. Technically. But it's Oscar-worthy. I completely agree. Yeah. They should really change their rules. I think that at one day they're going to because... Times are changing. Times are changing. I agree. Okay, speaking of change, Chris Harrison... Speaking of change, um, is it the Chris Harrison story 
that happens to be brought to you by Legacy Box. Yes. Wow, that's a huge relief. I'm so glad you got that in. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service to have all your home movies and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. So if you're the type of person who has like a storage box full of old cassettes, VCR, we had so many VHSs growing up. And when you want to go find them and watch them, it's nearly impossible. But Legacy Box is the best service. They literally send you a box and a label to ship in all your whatever it is, cassettes, your bar mitzvah, your wedding, anything that you can't access anymore, and they will digitize it for you. Um, We've used it. It's such a fabulous service. It's literally the best idea. It's one of those companies where I'm like, "Mm, I should have come up with that. Legacy Box is a way for you to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past. The process from start to finish is so easy. You pack and send your items. Their team will digitize everything by hand, and then you enjoy, and you'll get back perfectly preserved digital copies on thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. It'll be ready to watch and share and enjoy. Plus, while they are processing it, uh, they will keep you up to date with regular emails throughout the process. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos, and it's helped over a million families digitally preserve their past. So obviously this is great for anyone who has a lot of those old movies, but it's great for like a mom or a grandma, a gift. I think it's it'll be really sweet um, for someone's birthday. So if you want to get started preserving your past, do that today at LegacyBox.com slash toast. And you can get an incredible 50% off your first order when you use that link, LegacyBox.com slash toast. Today, to take advantage of this exclusive offer today, but you can send it in whenever you're ready. If you go to LegacyBox.com slash toast and save 50% while supplies last. Great. So speaking of change, Chris Harrison has been replaced on The Bachelorette by Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow. Warner Horizon and ABC Entertainment told Page Six in a statement on Friday that Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams will co-host the next season of The Bachelorette. Quote, Chris Harrison will not be hosting the next season of The Bachelorette. We support Chris in the work that he is committed to doing. In his absence, former Bachelorettes Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow will support the new Bachelorette through next season. I mean, that's crazy. Like, I think that when, when he had stepped back, I thought it was just like, you know, like, just to like calm people down and thought maybe it would blow over by the time the new season was ready to start. But people are really, really fucking unhappy with Chris Harrison. And I think that people are going to be very pleased with Tasha and Chris, I mean, and Caitlin. And I think that's actually like such an honor for Tasha and Caitlin. Yes, definitely. It's still unclear like what's going to happen after this season of The Bachelorette, like for next Bachelor. I, it's possible that Chris comes back or do they bring in two former bachelor contestants who are men to support the male lead or maybe like Caitlyn and Tasha are so universally beloved like this becomes they're the new Chris Harrison so maybe it's a trial but also and I'm I'm so excited for it to be Caitlyn and Tasha I think both of them are perfect choices but like the fact that it it like it takes two women to do the job that it ain't that hard no but like why couldn't I I mean I'm happy to have both of them but like why does it take two of them yeah if Chris Harrison could do it alone I know and also like I mean, I think I can at least speak for Caitlin. Like, Caitlin is a professional host. Like, she hosts her own podcast. It's super successful. I don't think there's a doubt that she could do the job or Tasha. Right. But when I first read this statement, it didn't... They, maybe it's just the way that they framed it. They'll be there to support the lead. Like, they'll have, like, girl chats and stuff and, like, off camera, not necessarily, like, be hosting. Like, are they going to come in and say this is the final rose? Like, we fucking know it's the final rose. So maybe... Well, that's true. Like, Chris Harrison's job, like... Like, the show could go on without it. It's like, thank you, Chris Harrison. We know how to count. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's a good point. Kind of how, like, JoJo did when she filled in for Chris Harrison. 
yes, she was there like for emotional support, but she didn't pop in and be like, this is the final rose because like it's literally self-explanatory. Right. So I think maybe that will just go regardless. But I think it will, it, I don't know if they're stepping into Chris Harrison's shoes exactly or they're going to change up the format of like what it means to be the host of like the show, the role which, which I'm just like here for in general. Yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued because I love Caitlyn and I love Tasha. But I do feel like, and I know I've, I sound like a broken record. I've said this a hundred times. I do believe after tonight, like, I'm done. Yeah. It's been a journey. Tonight is the, is, tonight is the final rose, you guys. And it's the finale and after the final rose tonight, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. But I'll tell you who is happy about this. The truckers for Tasha. Yeah. They are going ham, you guys. They've they're lost so, their minds. They're so excited, and I'm excited for them. Me too. Um, I'm just like, I feel, maybe I'm curious if other people feel this way. Like, I'm so fatigued by the Bachelor franchise, just like they've really put us through a lot this year. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of over it. I'm really curious to see how this season ends up. Now I feel like we've finally caught up with real life. Like watching these dates that I know were filmed six months ago when so much has happened in the last month. So I'm looking forward to tonight seeing like, I do believe Rachel wins. I do believe maybe they are still together. I don't know how they could be after all this. But I'm curious to get an update and to actually hear from Rachel Kirkconnell. But after that, like, I think I'm just done. Like, it's yeah. so exhausting. I think a lot of people feel that way. Okay. So that's okay. And we'll see. Do they announce a new Bachelorette tonight? In past, they have. Because usually the Bachelorette starts filming in, like, four days from after the final rose. I heard a spoiler. So I heard I'll a just... spoiler, too. And based on the spoiler that I heard, um, you won't be watching. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fifth and final story. Just a little streaming news. Disney Plus is popping off, and it is forecast to steal Netflix's crown as the world's biggest streaming firm wow. by 2024. So that's just a little caveat. Okay, and also, like, who knows what could happen? Like, So much can happen. Like, we literally, who thought the pandemic was going to happen, you know? Right. Netflix is forecast to lose its crown as the world's biggest video streaming provider within three years. Maybe that's why Netflix is now, like, cracking down. We reported last week on shared family accounts. Like, you have to start using your own account. Yes. Amid explosive growth at Disney after the launch of its rival on-demand service only 16 months ago. So we have spent a lot of time here at the Morning Toast chronicling the streaming wars. The success is Disney Plus. The failure is Quibi. Yes. And I think that this is an interesting update. Though, like, a lot needs to happen in the next three years for this to take hold. But it's nice to know that Disney Plus is doing so well. Yeah, I mean, Disney Plus is actually killing it. And when you think Disney Plus, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great for kids. And it's great for, like, adults who want to watch old episodes of Hannah Montana. Montana. But it's actually really kind of nailing it in the music space, like, with Black is King, um... Uh, Long Pond Studios like they're kind of like hitting a bunch of other categories like I didn't see them succeeding in and stealing like Netflix did a few music specials like Ben Platt and whatever but they're kind of like killing it in places I didn't think they would kill it in like obviously like cartoons interesting also I think that like the Mandalorian I know we don't watch that like Baby Yoda is so massive for them them. um and they had a really like a bunch of really good premieres baby yoda is so so cute cute. camper he's camper i know i kind of want to like kiss him no everybody loves baby yoda and i've i don't think i'll ever watch the mandalore i mean i know i know know that i won't something something would have to go very wrong for me to start watching the mandalorian but i think baby yoda is someone we can all get behind i actually think he's like a camper at heart and he's so fucking cute he's so cute he needs to be counseled i don't know anything about like what is a Mandalorian what is the TV show about all I know is like Baby Yoda is so cute so cute um here's what I think I know and it, it makes sense based on Wait, the fact that Yoda is a baby I actually like, that don't want to know it's a prequel to Star Wars so like oh. Yoda in the Star Wars is I think he's it's old fully and wise. yeah 
in the prequel, he's a bebe. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I think that's the concept. Okay, well, happy for Disney Plus. Keep killing it. Maybe we can get like an evermore Long Pond Studios. I don't know, just an idea. Throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could. Like, they actually deadass stole Taylor Swift and Beyonce from Netflix. Homecoming was on Netflix. Miss Americana was on Netflix. Oh, Reputation that's so was on true. Netflix. I guess they're just paying big bucks to huge stars, and it's working. That's so true. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on one more thing because Taylor announced that Loverfest is canceled. It's not happening. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense considering she's put out like two whole new albums since. And Lover, like, we're done. Like, Lover, who? Yeah, we're like done with her. I just assumed it would be canceled. Like, this is not news to me. Right. No, that wasn't my next question, which was like, so what do you think? she's gonna do next considering she had this like plan for a festival I feel like Evermore and Folkmore like could be a very like fall harvest festival yeah no I did I definitely think we're gonna we're gonna skip over the lover era and do like a folklore Evermore I don't know if it's it'll be like another festival or a concert a tour I think part of the reason why she was doing lover fest was back then which was literally like two years ago now um she was going through a lot and like could not she was fatigued she was fatigued and also I think her mom's health was um her, I think her cancer had made a return. So I think she didn't want to spend time away from her mom. But, you know, that was a while ago. Like, maybe things have changed. Maybe she can go on tour now. Yeah, that's a good point. So I would live... Maybe she's looking forward to tour life. I would live for, like, an evermore folklore, like, somber ass, like, Bon Iver type, like, cry fest. Yeah, I think that's what you might be getting. But I also, like... She does stadiums, and I don't know. I feel like that, like, concrete isn't the vibe, and I would like a grassy knoll. I know, but the thing is, say what you want about Taylor Swift, whether you, like, love her or hate her, she knows how to put on a show. A showman. She is, like, a definition of, like, her concerts are experiences. So I think even if it is, like, a more low-key vibe, she will make it a sensation. She'll cultivate the vibe. But that's, like, how I felt when I saw Ed Sheeran, like, a man and his guitar at MetLife Stadium. Like, give me a light or something. Like, there was nothing. It was so boring. And I like Ed Sheeran, but his concert was not it. Yeah, I think that she'll definitely get creative considering the vibe of folklore and evermore. She'll cultivate that vibe. Yeah, it'll be good. I agree. And I'm like, I love her, like, that little trio of Aaron Dessner. He's, like, so cute. And I don't know if he's ever won a Grammy before, but he was just, like, so excited. And, like, Jack Antonoff, I feel like, has won a million Grammys because he produces so many popular albums. And he didn't even say anything, but Taylor let Aaron Dessner speak first, and he was just, like, so excited, like, thinking his brother and shit. Like, I was living for it. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. Okay, well, those are the Fast Five stories. I feel as though you needed to know them. Um, I did not watch Real Housewives of Atlanta because I was watching the Grammys, but you did watch. I did watch the last two episodes we haven't recapped yet. It's the fallout from The Bachelorette. You see um, the story make its way to page six and in the blogs. And everyone speculating on, I mean, there's not even anything to speculate. Like, it was Kenya. 100%. Though she hasn't, like, admitted it. But all the Um, girls agree? Yeah. It's not, like, a huge um, point. It's just, like, it was Kenya. Fact. You know, and it's like we're not even going to debate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like for Kenya, she was trying to, you know, get Portia to engage in this conversation. And Portia's, Portia's strategy at, at the end of the party and, and going forward has just been to, like, not even respond to Kenya. It's not and her business. And that didn't work for Kenya. So Kenya took it to the press to a place so that Portia had to address it at some point. She still uh, hasn't really. There was a... It's nobody's fucking business. The camera's no, rough. She's a single woman. Leave her alone. I so agree. Kenya just is so Doesn't wrong stop. on this. And then the episode that aired last night was 10, 10, 20, Cynthia and oh. Mike's wedding, which was so stunning. It was really crazy to watch her wedding, like given, like I just kept thinking back to her wedding to Peter, which we watched when it aired. And the vibe is just completely Somber. different. And like the way that her sister is just like, so here, like they're in this together oh. versus like member at they Peter's wedding. The they stole the license. They stole the license. So it's just like, it's, 
shared the yeah. two of them and it was so nice to watch and see and she talks about like getting flack for having a wedding during a pandemic I right. guess Wendy Williams had really like gone in oh. on her at the time and it was like having watching it then it's like given what we know everything about this year it's like the wedding just felt even more special that it was like a celebration of such love and like people coming together yeah I'm not the type of person who's gonna shame like if someone invites you to a wedding I'm not going to disagree with them. If I feel safe, I'll go. If I don't feel safe, I won't go. Everyone is, we live in a free country. Do what you want. Um, but I do think it's interesting how like at the, and I was surprised because I know Kelly Dodd is problematic as fuck, but I was actually surprised she didn't have like a full out wedding, like with like 300 people. She had a 20 person wedding and like they were giving her shit at the reunion. So I'm, like, I'm, I fear for Cynthia, like, what they're going to say at the reunion. And there was, like, a hurricane coming through. Oh, so no. they had to move the ceremony indoors. So it would have been an outdoor wedding, but it was an indoor wedding. There was a lot of people, like, oh, I'm sure it will come up at the reunion. But I was just really happy for Cynthia. I know. Um, and she's just had, like, such a long journey. And, like, I do feel like Chill is forever. Forever. So I love him. It was so, it was such a beautiful thing to behold. And there weren't cameras in, they didn't go into the wedding. It was people's like home uh, iPhones. iPhones and also Cynthia's like photographer, videographer footage, which was also kind of nice. Cause I do feel like sometimes when the cameras are there, they drag everything out. But so instead it was just like, these are the need to know moments. Yeah. Well, I and actually, it felt, it felt more intimate. I actually have been to a televised wedding, Brittany and Jack's. And I have to say, the, there was like a full camera crew there and I feel like they did a really good job of like they looked like just regular videographers for weddings they didn't drag stuff out like everyone was just like I actually had a lot of respect for like how much they didn't torture Jackson Brittany to like get certain footage yeah no but I'm saying like from the viewer perspective when they when they have all this footage they air all of it sometimes it's even a special and it's like there's not that much that I care to see I, I just want to see the major moments and so it, it we were able to be there without being bored by it and so we saw the very special moments and I and I I loved being able to watch it so um that's nice it, it was really nice but the night before the wedding um they had um a party for the nieces because I guess uh Candy and Kenya are bridesmaids so they were with um Cynthia the night before so the aunties were away the aunties were away the nieces will play so and it was funny. just like crazy um it actually was such a fun looking night but Toya's just so wishy-washy wishy-washy you have to watch the scene it's like what are you trying to say like it's like she just says a million things in whichever one like someone's gonna agree like that's the road she would go down right but what does she actually stand for I don't know right because when she was like finally seeing like who Kenya really was in South Carolina I thought she had finally like turned to the good side and then she goes to Kenya's photo shoot and it's like apologizing I'm like no no you were right yeah I, I agree. That's so, frustrating. Yeah. And it, then she like starts to air Kenya's, some of her stuff with um, her husband. And even I, the other girls, like Portia's like, that's not your place to t be telling us this. No. So it's like, she has She's no idea. She's extreme one way and extreme the other. And it's just, it's extreme. It's too extreme. That's so extreme. So it was really good. We have a lot of TV to catch up on this week. Last week, I did not watch anything. So I'll be watching like everything in threes pretty much. Right. Um, except for The Bachelor, which is on tonight. Yes. So we were, we are back on with the TV recaps this week. I apologize um, for not watching. I just like couldn't do it. I understand. I, I couldn't either. I was just in another place. Um, reading, watching period pieces, and it was lovely. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, but now I'm back on the grind. Sometimes self-care looks like hard work, guys. Yes. So if you're listening as a podcast, stay tuned for an amazing interview with Jasmine Sanders from the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And that's it. That's all she wrote. And she actually wrote a lot today. So Huge. we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. 
Jackie and I are so excited for our next guest because not only is she also a bikini model, which is just like a crazy coincidence, Jackie and I have been obsessed with our next guest for so long, and we are so excited to finally welcome the golden Barbie, Jasmine Sanders, here on The Toast. Hello. Hey. I am so happy to be here, guys. I don't think you understand. I literally have been listening to your podcast, and I was like, if I can get on here, it would be really fun. You guys seem like a lot of fun, like in person. So once this well, is actually, opened up, we need to hang out. For sure. I don't know if you remember, we actually partied. I don't know if we would, I could say we partied together, but we partied adjacent to you at Where? Coachella at the Revolve Merv Griffin estate. Right, Jackie? Oh my God. Yes, I Claudia. Think, I think you can say it was together because I was like bouncing around the couches in these parties. Yeah. Like I'm all over the place. <laughs> wow. I would have forgotten that, Claudia. Your memory is so good. And then also there was like an after party. We did party adjacent to you and it was a highlight. <laughs> I yes. love hearing it, but we have to party together now. Like you guys, we got to go out. We got to play. We this. do. Well, on Friday, it was just announced that New York City clubs are opening up at um, 33% capacity. And that has wow. just been a huge win for us. And we're really excited for us. I will be very honest. I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still very nervous when I step outside. So I'm like, I I want no parts of larger, <laughs> larger parties. I will. People. I will sacrifice it all to get into a club, (laughs) but that's just risk it all. You have more to lose because you are now again, last year you were on the cover. Now you're back in sports illustrated. And I have to imagine that even though you're like, you know, an OG now, it's still like super exciting when you get the call and you do the photo shoot. Like it still feels like it's new. It definitely still feels like it's new. I wouldn't, I'm like, I don't consider myself an OG yet. Like Kate Bach is an OG. She's done like what? eight, nine years now. So I'm like, that's somebody that I consider a vet. Um, I feel like I'm still earning my spot. (laughs) So every time that I come to shoot, I'm just like, I I give my all and I I will always give my all because it's one, you just have such a great community of so many women. There are a couple of men on set that help take care of us and stuff as well. But you have so many empowering women around you. Like all you do is like, sit on set and like ooze confidence. So it's like really just giving your all that day that you get to shoot and showing everybody why you've been picked. And I don't know, I've been doing it since I was 13. And this is something that's always been a goal of mine. So when I go, I'm like, I'm living out my dream. I'm living out my dream. So every year it's, it, it just gets better and better. Well, what MJ Day had to say about you, I thought was like so nice. And I just want to read it really quickly. She said, Jasmine is one of the most selfless individuals who has fought really hard to get where she is today and doesn't forget or neglect anyone that has helped her along the way. She shows up on set, ready to work hard, nails every shot and still possesses a true humbleness that is such a rarity. And that is just like a rave review. I love her. <laughs> I'm like, don't make me no. cry on here. Um, no, but I, she, one, she's a mom to all of us and she takes such good care of all of us, but they create such a space where you feel safe to be yourself. You don't feel like anyone is going to bash you for the way you look, your size, anything, your hair, your makeup, what, whatever your interests are, everybody has their own place. And it's like, it's one big sorority. We all have like, we all go through things. So it's like, 
just trying to remind yourself that we're all normal. And this is, it's kind of my space of really knowing, like, I'm able to be myself, I'm able to rock out. And I have so many supportive women around me. So why not be me? Yeah, I feel she really allows that. Like, MJ is the best, the best. I love her to death. That's so awesome. What do you think it is about Sports Illustrated? Like from especially what we see as a consumer, like it's so inclusive and you can the confidence like radiates from all of the people being featured. So what do you think that Sports Illustrated does to cultivate that environment that you think that other brands or labels could take from that and incorporate in their space as well? Well, one, they just embrace it. Like they embrace everything about us. They love hearing something that's new and different. Like they know that I like work on my projects and stuff around the house. Like I literally like spray painted my own fireplace and like did everything. Like I build things all the time. And I'm like, I do have a boyfriend. So if I need him to do something, I will. But like, I'm very hands-on. I'm very much a tomboy and I'm very independent. And it's just like, I, I try to touch so many different things, but this is one client that allows you to do that, allows you to express how you're feeling, whether it's, Hey, I want to like dance around on a table and like live my best life, or I want to go to school and I want to tackle this. And I want to become a lawyer or a teacher, like there, or even just giving us so much access to charities. Like that was the biggest part for me because a lot of companies don't like partner with charities as much as they do, or don't allow you a hands-on opportunity. And one of the first things I got to do was go and play soccer with some kids from um, Best Buddies. And I was just like, that was the biggest highlight to do that even before being in the pages of the magazine. So they, they really give you an opportunity to find where your lane is and embrace it and shine. And it doesn't matter if like, Like I asked MJ, I was like, look, I'm in love now. I might get pregnant one of these days, which I'm not, (laughs) but I'm just like, if it happens, it happens. And she's one of those clients that's just like, girl, okay. And you're going to shoot if you want to shoot. Like if you feel good about yourself, Mm -hmm. then come and shoot. And it's just like those things now that I'm like, I'm almost 30. I'm getting to a space where it's like, okay, now you have to think of the balance between real life and your job. And, um, I don't know, she just allows so much room for you to be you and whatever part that may be. And I love it. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm Um, sorry, girls. I ramble, so I'm going to talk to you. So do we. (laughs) So do we. Um, so you, this year was obviously different for a multitude of reasons, but you shot in Tampa this year with Utsai and we watched Model Squad. Like we know how legit Utsai is. So can you tell us like how this was different from past years? Cause I'm sure there was a lot of things you had to do differently. Well, first off, I have to say, I love Utsai. He's amazing to shoot with because he brings something out of you that it's just like, like you just feel like a lion. Like it's, I don't, I don't know what it is. You feel dangerous. You feel strong. You feel confident. You feel sexy. You feel submissive. Like there's all kind of different feelings that you're able to give out. And it's just because he's such a good photographer. Um, I'm terrified of seeing him. Like when it comes to TV, I'm like, I don't know if I could have done that. Like those girls, but I'm very blessed to have him on set with me. Very iconic. Um, but oh my God. Uh, wind back you said what was the difference the difference between 
our last two shoots would just have to be the second that I landed. One, I got tested here in LA before I left. Um, then I landed in Tampa and got tested before I even saw anybody. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to hug the girl. Like I haven't seen everybody in so long. And they're like, no, 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 there's no contact, babe. <laughs> like, like we're all going <laughs> to stay home. I'm like, thanks. This is, it's bittersweet. It was very bittersweet because you do feel like a family. Um, and I do feel kind of bad for the girls that are rookies this year, having to experience it that way, because it's a different, it's just a weird distance that I know no one in Sports Illustrated wants to give. Um, but it's just everyone protecting themselves and being safe, but it's just, everything's a lot smaller. Um, but the, the vibe, the energy is still the same where everybody's just a little more distant and still screaming for you and giving you energy and hyping you up on set. And then like, I don't like, I feel like I had better interviews, honestly, this year, because I was able to, I was able to learn about myself this year over everything um, that's gone on and really give them more of a vulnerable, open interview. And they also created such a, a safe and comforting space for us to like, just be open and be fun. And we got to do different things. Um, it wasn't as, as a um, group. I mean, let me explain. So when we go there, we don't, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, guys, when we go there where it's usually you don't see another model, um, they, they book the girls like every other day. So that way we don't overlap. So when I got out there, I was like, well, at least I get to hang out with like some of the girls from the crew. Like we're all friends and family. Like I wish I could see them and hang out, but it's like, you have to go in your room and just tuck away. And then we also shot at Hard Rock. So it was like being in the casino area and kind of seeing Ugh. that people were still out and about with their mask on, but like sitting with the glass. It was like, I'll stay in my room. I would rather <laughs> yeah. just be in my room on FaceTime with my boyfriend, get some good sleep, get a good bath in before and relax. Yeah, well, not to spoil the interview that you gave, but what do you think is like one of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself this year? Um, just being able to be more vulnerable and open is okay. Letting people know that I'm not okay is okay. Um, yeah. I always felt like I had to be the strong one and like um, kind of just make sure all of my friends were good, which I still, I was very heavy on doing that and still I'm very heavy on checking on everyone. Um, but I had to allow myself to open up when people checked on me instead of just holding everything in and feeling like it wasn't okay to be going through the emotions and the roller coaster when there's so much going on in the world from Black Lives Matter to um, all the marches around the world to COVID. Like, and mm -hmm. jobs and people losing their homes and their lives. And there was just so much up and down. And then it started to get closer and closer to family. And I was just like, this is real and it's scary. And I think yeah. it was just a time for me to be like, you know what? Like, let me lean on people. It's okay to lean on somebody. Um, yeah. And I'm a cancer. So I'm like, I'm a crybaby. Me too. Oh my God, when's your me birthday? Me too. <laughs> July 10th. 
June twenty second. We're gonna celebrate. I see oh, you're it. Like right the on world's the cusp. gonna open up. You're right on the cusp. Yeah, it's it gets interesting. I have a couple personalities. <laughs> oh, me too. And I'm like the I'm a stereotypical cancer. Like I dish it. I'm so like mean to everyone. And then when someone's mean to me, like I want to cry. Like never leave my house. Like how could you? <laughs> no, I'm like, I, I was just being real. I wasn't like, no, I'm like bullying you. I'm, I'm just, just like, playing around, but you're taking this to another level. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to talk about that I feel like Jackie and I have followed you for so long and it's yeah. because your username is so iconic. Like you literally are the golden Barbie. So can you tell me how you came up with that? I will be honest. I'm not the golden Barbie without my glam team. Because it took a lot to feel and look like a Barbie. Like I'm literally in sweatpants and Uggs right now and nothing matches in my outfit. It's great. Um, but I I don't know. Me and my sister were playing around. Like it was back in MySpace days. Like I used to, my email address used to be like life-size Barbie doll. Like I was obsessed with the Disney movie. Um, I was just like, I had a tattoo on the bottom of my foot that's numbers Um, I don't think anybody really even knows it's there, but it's just like, I saw it on the movie and I was like, this is so cool. I have to like one day find a meaningful number for me and like get, get numbers on the bottom of my foot, like a Barbie doll. Oh my God. I didn't realize. Yes. I didn't realize you were talking about the most iconic movie all time. It's great. (laughs) No matter matter where she goes, dress her up dancing i was like mom yes to her toes come on it's amazing it was everything it was my favorite Such movie i watched movie. it nonstop. um but yeah i don't know i me and my sister were playing around trying to find a name for myspace and twitter and um she was like well i don't know like people call you goldilocks they call you a barbie doll let's like figure it out and we put golden barbie together so i give my sister credit she can have it um, <laughs> she can have all the credit for that. Uh, but it's stuck. And now I'm like, can I still be a golden Barbie at like 40? Like, are you yeah. guys going to allow it? Okay. Yes. Cause I, I feel like I want to rock with it. <laughs> Barbie is ageless. Okay. Perfect. I love it. Um, I have one last question for you. Cause I know like for me, like when I'm always getting ready for my like bikini shoots, um, yeah. of course you have like a regimen that you keep up with, but in COVID, like the gyms being closed, you ha- did that all from home. Okay. So COVID, I did build a gym in my house. Um, I partnered up with dog pound and I'm going to like launch and show, well, not launch because no one's really coming over in my house to use my gym. <laughs> but like, it's, I have told my friends that it's like all the gyms have closed down. So my three friends that stay in my circle all the time, I'm like, if you want to stop by, come in the garage, get your workout on. Like we have Lysol wipes, everything in there, just clean down the area, put your towels in the basket and leave like you would a normal gym. You're like renting the space, but nobody's paying. Right. Um, and then you should anyway. collect membership. No, yeah. I don't think so. Do you know how it could be a for profit garage? That was one of my biggest like expenses, like being like, oh my God, I'm paying for a gym membership, but then I'm traveling and I'm not even using it. I was like, screw this. I'm I need an apartment yeah. that has one or I need my uh my house. And when I'm in Miami, it's all Anthony. Like he my boyfriend is so insane with his workouts. They're so good, but it's like I don't know what he does, but it's manipulated my body into this nice curvy 
situation that I'm, I'm dealing with and I'm loving and I'm embracing it. And it's, I was like everybody else. I was drinking. I was having like fun with my friends on zoom calls and like doing like lunches over zoom and stuff. And then I was like, okay, you're starting to gain some weight. Like, yeah, it's not, it's comfortable, but like, whatever. And I was like, I don't feel healthy though. Like, I feel like I'm like sluggish. I get really lazy in the house. So I was like, look, just like, I need to, I need to start working out with him. We went to the gym sometimes um, because they do have things a little more open in Miami, Um, still wearing our mask and everything. But for the most part, I try to work out outdoors. So when I'm in Miami, my workout partners, Isabella Gretman, we are like on the tennis courts. Um, she plays tennis. I'm horrible, just not coordinated enough <laughs> at all. It's really um, hard. It's extremely hard. Like I, I can't do it. I'm just, I know what I'm good at. Um, <laughs> but he literally has us running laps around, uh, around the tennis court. He has us jumping rope for 10 minutes for our warm up. Um, and I'm just like, okay, my heart rate's going, what are we doing next? But he knows how to bust your butt in 45 minutes. Like, he's like, look, you don't need to be in the gym for two hours, which is a really big thing for me because I, I can't give two hours of my time to like literally just be in the gym, like messing around. So I'm like, let me do something serious. Exactly. Let me like, if you're going to torture me, let's do this for 45 really hard minutes, make it happen. I'm sweating my butt off. I see my body changing and it's just really continuing to do it. I still eat whatever I want, but like right now I have a green juice with me. Like I'm always like either green juice in the morning and then kind of having my desserts at night or whatever. Like I, I let my body do what it wants. And especially this well, year, I was like, embrace it. It truly looks like it's working because it landed you. <laughs> back in Sports Illustrated. Congrats. Like we live for you. We support like the golden Barbie experience. It's a journey and we're just along for the ride. (laughs) And happy to be. I am so happy to be on here. I cannot thank you guys enough for having me. And thank you, Sports Illustrated again. Another yes, year. Thanks, Sports Illustrated. Yes. I'm so excited for my shoot. Everyone, it comes out next week. So just Girl. stay tuned for that. <laughs> Send it to me, me so I can post it. It's Do actually like me and Jasmine didn't want to spoil the surprise, which was cute, but it's actually like a duo, me and Jasmine, like in the tell. ocean. It's it's sickening. I mean, yeah, I guess no, I'm going to get, it's on embargo. It's on embargo. <laughs> it's, out. it's okay. Fine. Well, congratulations. Everyone guys. follow Jasmine on Instagram. She has the most sickening Instagram at golden Barbie. We love to see it. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank Bye. you.